412,000 people filed for unemployment last week. That's the highest level in a month and the biggest jump since March. Bank rates Mark Hamrick. The path ahead is uncertain with many questions yet to be answered. We don't know how successful businesses will be in finding the workers they want or how many they will ultimately hire. Another unfolding mystery, we don't know how many individuals will opt to return to the workforce or their old jobs or will be willing to accept the wages they're offered. Almost all of the increases came from Pennsylvania and California. What the hell is that? This is the Stone on Air radio show. What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7. Like my generation, I have no apologies. Like my generation, yeah. Well, hello there. Happy Thursday to you. Gorgeous, sun-soaked, low-humidity day. Kind of came out of nowhere, really. Got back from the deep south on Sunday and was just like, ugh. It's like 94 degrees. Suffocating humidity. Monday was not quite as bad as Sunday, but still totally sucked. And then Tuesday into Wednesday and into Thursday, the humidity started dropping. Nights were cooler, days were more comfortable. Don't get used to it, because it's gone by tomorrow and Saturday. Hello, how are you? I am fine. I am Brian. He is Keon. It's Nougat Radio 92.7. It is the flagship for the Stone On Air radio show, later disguised as a podcast that you can find at stoneonair.com. And uh, yeah, I just heard... uh, Sorry, forgive me. Patrick Core, I think he's who does our uh, our weather. Anyway, whoever it was saying sixty for a low tonight. I can kill the uh, the AC again for an evening. I probably won't get around to it. I've gotten really used to a nice, cool house. Uh, every year, wait as long as I can into the summertime before I turn the AC on. But once I do, then I get used to it, and I don't really want to go back. So happy about that. We got a, a a big weekend here. I have not spoken of it at all. And I don't, I don't know why. I, I kind of do know why. I'm not going to say exactly why with complete honesty on the air um, because it doesn't matter. It's not important. Uh, but the Wanderlinger Music Festival is this, this weekend. It's a uh, first-time event. It's, it really is a who's who of local music. And um, just it's just completely anecdotal as to why I'm not going to tell you exactly why. I'm not a huge fan of Wanderlinger and has nothing to do with, I think it's actually a very cool name, um, I, nothing to do with their products or what they do or the people who run the place because there's a lot of people that run the place that I I am, um, and I wouldn't call good friends, but I would say uh, solid acquaintances with. And so that like there's no... There's no animosity there between me and the establishment itself. I just have about a two-year history of things never go well for me 
when I go to that establishment. And that's not their fault. That's not their problem. That's my fault, other people's fault, and mine and other people's problems. There's a lot of those places in, in town. You, you live in a place long enough and you, and you frequent your bar fly like I used to be. You go out every single weekend. Hell, halftime, go out most weeknights. You know, that's long in the past of my life. And even leading up to pandemic time, I still frequented a lot of places. You know, that, that pandemic shift has changed my life forever. I'm as old as I've ever been. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't go anywhere anymore. So there's a handful of places where I have bad memories. And Wanderlinger's one of them. And, and so I'm not super excited other than there's a lot of great music at the festival this weekend. And I don't, when I say festival... Said I don't even know what that really means because there's a couple of places in town, and I'll just give you another example of one that I have anecdotal reasons as why I don't really like, is the Honest Pint, the old Parkway Billiards, that amazingly beautiful you know, 150-year-old building. Uh, I, just, I just don't really like the way it's laid out. I've never enjoyed myself there that much. And they try to be a music venue, and they're not. You're a restaurant. Do what you do well. They're, you know, they're an English, Irish pub-based style uh, bar tavern. Be that. Don't be a music venue if you're not. You have some music every now and again if you'd like. Like the feed would have Sunday brunch out on the patio. That's fine. That works perfectly. Uh, backstage Chattanooga does it now these days on the weekend. That works just fine. But when you try to like erect a stage and have a, a regular music series in a place that doesn't really fit for that, it annoys me. And I think Wanderlinger does a great little music series inside, and that's fine, good for them. They, they, they're a brewery, is their, their main, uh, their claim to fame, if you will. What they're specialized in is, is their craft beer, which as anybody who knows me, I don't drink craft beer. So there's another one like, okay, well, this place has nothing really for me. Uh, so I wonder how they're going to pull this off. But Strung Like a Horse is headlining Friday. Uh, Cold Planet, which is uh, Danimal and um, and the Fridge combo band, is, uh, you have to look it up, I can't remember. Saturday or Sunday, Opposite Box, my guys, love those dudes. They're going to be uh, one of the headliners. They're going to have dueling indoor-outdoor stages. It sounds like it might be amazing. I'm going to go on Saturday. I'm going to pull the full freight. I'm not asking anybody for free tickets. I'm not trying to do any barters or trades. I am going to go on Saturday because there's like three bands that I really personally know and enjoy that are playing, and I'm just going to do an all-dayer. And I have a feeling I'll walk over to the Moxie to go get a few drinks so I don't have to drink you know, craft beer that I don't like all day. So if you don't have any plans this weekend, it is a, it is a, it is a bold move what they're trying to do here. It's an expensive move, and um, I hope it works out for them. But first-time events... Even the most well-thought-out, planned, first-time event normally fails pretty miserably. Because that's first time doing anything. You, you never do something for the first time perfectly or even well in anything in life. It's just, that's just the way it goes. Practice makes perfect. The guy I used to play music with years ago said something after we had a, a great practice where this is 10, 15 years ago, playing music. He wanted to practice every minute of our lives, and uh, it all annoyed all of us. And we had a great practice, and we were all in a really good mood. And, he, and we're like, man, that was good. And he was like, yeah, that's why it's called practice makes perfect. 
not play it one time makes it perfect. We're like, okay, you got a point. So I, I hope it, it's a success. We'll we'll see. Um, but in the same vein, the uh, the Valley Vibes Festival, which has been around for a few years, <clears throat> they've moved a couple of different uh, locations in North Georgia. Strong's going to be there as well. That that's not till September. And we're partnering with them and going to have some of their um, uh, artists that are playing that festival in September on the air here pretty regularly starting tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So, And that might be an every Friday thing for a while. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Behold the Brave is one we're trying to get. That's one of the bands I want to see at Wanderlinger on Saturday. They are one of the up-and-coming, really damn good bands in this town that you likely haven't heard of. Will they ever go further than Chattanooga or even regionally. I'm not smart enough ear to tell you that. I don't know, but they're damn good. I'm a smart enough ear to tell you. I know that they're, they're damn near mastered what they're trying to do, but you know, the music industry is a funny thing. You can be amazing and go nowhere and you can totally suck and you can be a superstar. So I'm not sure about that. Strong's going places for sure. Uh, that's about the only local band outside of Nick let That's got that to say right now. But um, they'll be at Valley Vibes as well. They've got a really nice lineup, and it's outdoor, and it's in a grassy area in a more, quote-unquote, festival kind of setting that uh, I am uh, looking forward to. So they won't be a first-time event. Not saying one's better than the other, but I know that one is working with us, um, and so I'm going to be a a bigger supporter of that. But Wanderlinger this weekend, if you got nothing else going on, it's going to be hot and dry for the most part. And that's what summertime festivals are all about, hot and dry. So see you there on Saturday. You won't see me on Friday or Sunday, but definitely all day on Saturday. Several notes to self I didn't get to here. Um, on the, in the second segment of the show, I'm going to look at uh, the Juneteenth. is now a federal holiday. It will be once the president signs off on it. But there are 14 assholes in the House that voted against it. Who are they? We'll take a look at that. And um, just spend a segment on that. And in the final segment of the uh, of the show, is COVID over? Because we all are acting like it is. Or has it been over for a while? Look at a couple of headlines and talk about that in the final segment of the show. i got three pieces of audio for you. Let's get to it, shall we? I've got the realest thing. Kind of teased this yesterday. The worst idea and the coolest thing. And I've even got in parentheses, it's the somewhat real thing. And it's a pretty kind of real thing. Um, about how we've kind of been, con- I, I don't, I don't want to say brainwashed, but convinced that the way we do a regular work week is, is the way it's supposed to be. This is just something I found on TikTok. This is today's real thing. Anugarito, 92.7. What's something that's not a cult, but borderline seems like one? That would be like 98% of the United States population that has been brainwashed into believing that it's normal to give up five out of every seven days of your week just to make someone else rich for 40, 50 years doing something you don't even actually enjoy just to get, what, 10 years of freedom before you're too old to actually enjoy it? Make it make sense at least. And, and it got, you know, those kinds of things make me think. We do, we've just been convinced that giving up five of seven days every week 40 hours every week. And this, you know, many people work different hours, obviously, but, and then just to get the days of your, your, the end of your life that you can't really do anything with, with actual freedom. And we all just assume that that's just the way we should do it. And that's a guy who's actually like an, an entrepreneurial type of, uh, 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 motivational speaker. So it's not some deadbeat, you know, 
libtard, as they would be called. Uh, this is today's worst idea. I think I've recycled this. I think I've done this before. I cannot remember, but I got in very late last night, and it's worth doing again if I did already do it before. This is David Bowie talking about the Internet in 1999, today's worst idea. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential... Secret your favorite... I don't yeah, think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the Internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. But that's, yeah. it's a simply a different delivery system there. You're arguing about something more profound. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the, the, the actual context and the state of content is going to be so different to anything that we can really envisage at the moment, where the interplay between the user and the provider will be so insimpatico, it's going to, it's going to crush our ideas of what m mediums are all about. So, right, I call it the worst idea because it just sucks that it's gone this way, but how right was David Bowie 22 years ago? It's Nougat Radio 92.7, the Stone on Air radio show and podcast. This is today's coolest thing. Cool. <laughs> it's time for today's coolest thing. Okay. Brought to you by Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration. Quick at keeping it cool. Stay cool. So cool. So if you were to go back and talk to my 20-year-old self or my 23-year-old self or my 27-year-old self and say, self, when you are in your early 40s, you are going to terribly miss George W. Bush as the president of the United States of America, I would have said, yes, that is going to be an alternate backwards, upside-down universe, and that's pretty much what we have currently these days in the political entertainment industry. Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration brings you today and every day's coolest thing. This is George W. Bush at a commencement at some point in the last 10 years. To those of you who received honors, awards, and distinctions... I say, well done. And to the C students, I say, you too can be president of the United States. I love it. I love it. I love the man. I miss the man. I can't believe I ever would have said that in the last 20 years of my life. Uh, George W. Bush got a bad rap. Uh, some bad decision-making processes around uh, 2002 or three or so. But that wasn't just him. That was a majority of all the House and the Senate on the decision to... Going to war in Iraq and all that, obviously that was a disastrous situation. But that wasn't just him. That was a whole bunch of people who made that decision with him. George Dub, man. C student. We can all be president. All you got to do is get C's. Well, and if your dad's an oil tycoon from Texas, that'll help as well. And former vice president. All right, we'll talk Juneteenth. It's a national holiday, federal holiday soon, officially. And uh, that literally brought a smile to my face. But 14 people in the house decided that thought that was a bad idea. I'll tell you who those 14 were and talk about it in general coming up next on New Radio 92.7. Folks, we have a new federal holiday, Juneteenth National Independence Day. 
The Senate unanimously passed the bill on Tuesday and the House passed it today. The president is expected to sign it into law soon. That means June 19th will receive all the same federal recognitions as other federal holidays, just like 4th of July and Labor Day. So what is Juneteenth? Well, I did a video about it last year, but here's the recap. Juneteenth is a symbolic celebration of the liberation of slaves in the United States. On June 19th, 1865, Union troops arrived in Galveston, Texas to tell last known Confederate sympathizers that they had lost the war and all the slaves must be freed. I know 1865 was almost two and a half years after President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation and it took effect. Scholars disagree on exactly what took so long. However, they say it could be anything from stubborn slave owners all the way down to the fact that slaves weren't legally allowed to read. Most U.S. states recognize Juneteenth as a holiday, but now it will become a federal one. Ironically enough, the very last state to know about the emancipation of slaves, Texas, was the very first to approve Juneteenth as a state holiday in 1980. Don't it make you smile? Welcome back in. Don't it make me smile? Pearl Jam smile. Playing it for two reasons. When I heard about that yesterday, that it was pushed through that easily, it made me smile. Second reason. This record is celebrating 25 years this summer. Just one of those milestones, No Code, released in 1996. Really? 25 years already? Just another one of those that goes time flies. You might be having fun, you might be miserable, doesn't matter. Time flies right on by. Snooga Radio 92.7. With you here Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays from 10 until 11. Keon in here helps me keep it all together. And this is one of those days I'm going to have to dual use use my phone for multiple reasons. And because uh, I don't have the printed off uh, story because uh, that wasn't available to me last night. So hopefully I won't fumble through it too much. I'm still the, the old guy that, you know, I don't... I don't like using my phone as a computer. I like using it as, you know, an app kind of device for different kind of apps, for different kinds of information for Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But I don't like using it to to Google and use the Internet like I'm traditionally doing on a desktop or laptop. I want a computer for that, but that we'll just have to make it work here in just a minute as I take a look at the vote from the House yesterday. Um I've got a couple different points I want to try to make. A lot of times, I'm a talk-to-myself kind of guy, quite literally. If you put a, a, a surveillance camera on me that had audio, like when I'm at home alone, I'm a pacer and I'm a talk-to-myselfer. <laughs> I look like a crazy person. And sometimes I'll kind of just do, I'll do segments, I'll do the show in my head, like while I'm in the shower, but not in my head. I'm, I'm literally talking out loud. Um, and I'm, you know, I think, man... This is going to go well. And then I get in, you know, turn on the bright lights and on air, and I forget everything I'm going to talk about. So I don't know if I'm going to get to every bit of it or not. But um, it's it's about damn time with this Juneteenth thing. And uh, first of all, I will just jump here. I'll grab my phone. And I, I was happy to see that finally something in the, you know, we will not cooperate on anything po- political world, and we and we basically never will again. It was nice to see this pushed through so easily. This is an important date in American history that because of lack of any kind of critical race theory, I know now that's like a poisonous word. 
So let's just well, let's just forget about the terminology critical race theory. Let's just say terribly poor public education systems in America. Because of that, most middle-aged white people at this time, at this you know, roughly my age or give or take 10 years before or after me, don't know anything about this date except for now we do. A lot of us do. And it's not just my age, middle age, or whatever age white people. There's a lot of African-American black kids running around don't know anything about it. They're in the same crappy school systems we are. They're learning the same curriculum or at least attempting to be taught the same curriculum as we do. It's not just white people don't know about it. A lot of black people I, don't know about it. I didn't. I went to, to high school in, in Texas. I didn't, I didn't know until I went to a Juneteenth celebration out here after I moved here. If you're a new listener, Keon is a black man. So this has been something that that has been just not even it's not even like an afterthought, not thought about whatsoever. I've talked to my dad about this in the last two years, and he's seventy years old, going on seventy years old, and is and is, is a very historical natured kind of guy. I get a lot of that from him. I go to him when I need historical perspective on things a lot of the time. And he said out loud, I didn't know anything about this date. That's that. First of all, that's just wrong. So just at least getting out there and understanding what it is, is, is a good, a good first step. And that first step was just been in the last, for me in the last, like maybe just solid year, couple of years anyway, that's, that's not good. All right, we're, we're leaving parts out of curriculum if I don't know anything about this. And I'm a guy who actually, the only subject in school that I had any interest in and did very well was history because I always was interested in it. Science, math, any of the other, uh, most everything else. I struggled to C student. I struggled to be a D student in most curriculum. But social studies and history... I didn't have to try because I paid attention. I listened. I enjoyed it. And that's how people who are very highly educated, they enjoy all of it. And it's very easy to them. I didn't enjoy the rest of it. So a person who was like, I'm a sponge, soak me up, bring it on. I, it wasn't, it wasn't available for me to learn. And, um, and I think that's because of, and again, if you don't want to use the word critical race theory right now, if you say that, Marge Taylor, uh, Tyler says that that's racist. To even yeah, say that is it's, racist. It's it's weird because critical, critical theory has existed for like 200 years. And, and critical just, race theory has, has existed since I think like the 70s is when the idea was yeah, first thought of. It's not like a, applying critical theory to race is yeah, all the concept is. Critical thinking is something that most Americans don't walk around and ever do in any walk. And so it's very frustrating. So this is a huge step to bringing this a national federal holiday. That's that's freaking huge. You can look back at the history of of when Labor Day became a thing, and Memorial Day became a thing, and those are always those are interesting stories. Almost every year, I'll go back and refresh my memory. When did Memorial Day become a national holiday? When did we start doing this, and why? Well, on this date, whatever date that the president signs it, for the next twenty years. 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, you can look back, when was Juneteenth? Oh, 2021. <laughs> wonder what took so long. Might be the next question. Okay, lots of questions there, but... And, and I'm not going to be a, a hater on that. That's fine. Sometimes things just take a while. 
But there are 14 House members who voted against it. And I knew I couldn't wait when I heard that it wasn't, you know, across the board, everybody. And I knew there wouldn't be. I knew there's, there's going to be somebody. And it might not be a reflection of the politician, the representative, as much as it might be a reflection of their district. It might, it might be more that, because I, I, I always argue that Repub- uh, not just Republicans, all of Congress, all of the Senate, all politicians, most of them are, are really not dumb. Their constituents are. And so there's 14 members of Congress that voted against it. And some of them gave reasons to why. Thomas Massey, wherever the hell he's from, it doesn't say right here. I'm going to go run through the list here in just a sec. Argued calling Juneteenth a National Independence Day would confuse people. It's just as simple as that. It would confuse people. Uh, Representative Ronnie Jackson said, we have enough federal holidays right now. Well, you're never going to convince. That's the part where I don't know about the constituency. No one is going to agree on the basis of we have enough federal holidays. I, I'll I, take another one. Uh, I, 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 it's, I, I'm trying not to laugh and cry at the same time. I'm, again, I hate using my phone where I don't have a highlighter and I can't quickly get to you the points that I want to say. Let's see. Uh, Ronnie Jackson from Texas says also says, I think we have enough federal holidays I just don't see the reason in doing it. I don't think it rises to the level I'm going to support it. Uh, Just, I don't know. So, again, I hate using my phone for this. So, there's some other quotes, but I I can't get to them quickly. Um, I won't run down everybody's name because they'll all bore you. I'll just tell you where they're from. You got Alabama. You got Arizona. uh, Somebody out in California, Wisconsin. Another Alabama. uh, In Georgia, Andrew Clyde. I'm pretty sure Andrew Clyde is another is a is a male version of a Marge Taylor, one of these political actors. Keep your eye on Andrew Clyde, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. He voted against it. Somebody in Texas, Kentucky, uh, Montana, South Carolina, and then good old Scott Desjardins, the guy I gave you all the heck for for saying the name wrong on one night when you're doing election coverage. Yeah, I think because it's spelled out, it's like Desjardins, Desjardins, or whatever. Yeah, and, I've, and I'd never seen his name before on Scott paper. Scott Desjardins, and I can only be a little uh, uh, overly confident about it because we used to have this guy in at the old station years ago when he was first getting into politics. He's the congre- uh, fourth congressional district representative, which is like basically Jasper Dunlap uh, going that direction towards. Middle Tennessee. I don't know how big the district is, but there's some bumpkins out there. He's the guy who is staunchly pro-life, but has uh, on record of having two or three different paid-for abortions. Affairs. With, he's a doctor. He's a practitioner of medicine. He uh, he's had on record. All, this is not speculation. This is all, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, affairs with his with his uh, patients. Which is completely illegal. Yeah, just at a least, violation. At of... least it's, it could get your license removed. I'm not going to put you in jail, but it's it's you know it's completely unethical with abortion. Like this guy is the epitome of everything that's just terribly stupid, awful, wrong, wrong, wrong with all of humanity of the United States of America. And of course, he votes against this. So another reason to hate Scott Desjardins. I'm sure he'll get easily uh, elected next go around. But. Bill Maher had this thing the other day, and Bill Maher's becoming, he's falling out of out of favor with 
super liberal types. He's too he's too middle of the road. It's part part of the reason why I like him so much. And he had this whole long thing. And some of it you could be like, uh, I don't know. His show sucks. I hate his show on HBO. I don't like the way it's set up. I don't like the audience. It's too much audience participation. I don't necessarily like his guests. He hasn't changed it in like 10 years. Yeah, the show, it, it needs an update. The show sucks, but I like I like him. And that's another reason why I didn't feel like spending five, you know, hours editing, you know, a five minute clip or but he was spending all this time and and it made to me a lot of sense that this this idea that we've made no progress and that we're as racist as ever is just it, it's it's a detrimental to what we're trying to achieve here and and I, I gave a lot of examples he's really quick-witted he's I'm, I, I, if he's just monologuing I'm usually listening and I agreed with that a lot we've made a lot of progress so much progress it's it's mind-blowing if you really want to sit down and jot it down pen to paper but it doesn't mean we're not still a terribly racist country it's just we don't understand what racism even is because of the lack of the theory being taught to generations for, you know, 200 years. You know, we think just, oh, I'm nice to black people, so you're not, I'm not racist. <laughs> Doesn't, I don't care if you're mean to black people. Doesn't have anything to do with whether you're racist or not. Uh, you don't have to like black culture to not, like, if I don't like a certain cultural aspect of the African-American community, that doesn't make me racist. might make me a jerk. It might make me a, a, intolerant. It might make me um, ignorant, but it doesn't make me racist. We're having a hard time even understanding what that even means anymore. And documenting history is a, is a is an interesting thing. I listened to this NPR show yesterday about this guy who is re kind of revisionist history of of the Alamo and how the history of it was his book is called Forget the Alamo, as opposed to. What we the only thing I remember learning from school, remember the Alamo. And his whole thing was you've been taught this completely wrong. Davy Crockett isn't this saint that you think he is. The way this went down between Mexico and, and Texas is not what you think. Be, be, it's because of whitewashed and biased history uh the, the historians. And that's a whole nother thing. I guess I'll spend a few more minutes on as I'll spill into the final segment here, the Stone on Air Radio Show on Nougat Radio 92.7. Who is documenting this history, and why don't we know more of it, and who is approving of it? And also, is COVID over? Well, we're all acting like it is. Wrap things up in a nice bow. Coming up next. One segment to go. Hour just flying right on by. Luger Radio 92.7. Brian and Keegan on with you. He'll hang out with you for the rest of the morning, starting about 15 minutes from right now. I'll head off to a day job shortly after that. It's Nuga Radio 92.7. Download the show at stoneonair.com. If you need CBD products, Hemp House is where you need to go. Three locations, Tremont Street downtown, Ringgold Road, right here in the center of the universe. And out in Uldawa. Don't want to go to the store? Go to their website, hemphousechatwith2ts.com. 
And if you want to be annoying, call them. 771-HEMP. Now, I, they, that, that's not in the copy. They, they don't want me to say that. They, they want you to call them now, please. I just I'm, I think we've done a segment on before. I'll probably do it again. Stop calling me. I'm tired of the phone ringing. But So, yeah, give them a call if you want to. They'll gladly take that call. So I ran out of time um, with last segment talking about Juneteenth, critical race theory, those kinds of things. You know, the Tulsa massacre, which until last year I knew nothing about. I watched a whole special on it. Um, I think it was Discovery History, one of those. I put it on the DVR. Watched it uh, on Sunday, I believe, when I got back from out of town and uh, was just going through the DVR. Knew nothing about that until last year. That's uh, just not okay to not to not know these things. And and that and that that's let, let, let's take critical race theory out. Let's just teach freaking real history. Let's. That's not critical race theory to tell me about Tulsa. That's actual events that should be documented in textbooks. Yeah, critical race theory is more about emotions and feelings and And, and, systemic structures. Yeah, yeah, and structures and then those kinds of things. And that's why there's you know dumb borderline racist or not so racist, but don't really realize they are racist. Dummies want to. They don't want white people to feel bad. They don't want kids to feel like they're. I don't know less lesser or something I'm not, I'm not sure i can't get into that mind i can't get into north georgia's mind i can't get into middle alabama's mind i can't do it just literally i don't understand it yeah uh but that's so that's just real regular old history and um and i and, and so when i listened to this i was talking about this uh alamo uh it, npr show i listened to yesterday and i only, only caught half of it so i didn't know everything they were talking about but the 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 history of the alamo Davy Crockett's involvement, the volunteers, you know, the entire volunteer state was named after maybe a fraud. I don't know. I need, I need to do more. I pulled up the wikis as I was listening. I was like, what? Hold on. Is this guy a blowhard? Does he know what he's talking about? <laughs> and uh, so I can't go into that any further because I didn't get far enough to know. And I'm going to spend some more time on that. And that that's a whole nother cultural, critical thinking kind of time of American history. And then I wonder, who are these historians? Who are the scholars that are... That, that wrote these stories, wrote this history. Who can you trust? And it, it made me think about, for some odd reason, uh, the dumb show Walking Dead. Did you watch that? I haven't watched it in several but years. You I, have watched, watched I watched the first couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I think, dabbled in it for a minute. Um, I stuck around for about five or six seasons. The show totally sucks. But it, ha- it started <laughs> off. Yeah, the, the beginning of it was fun, yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting idea. And it was based in Atlanta. That that made me that, that intrigued me. Um, so anyway, there's a portion of later in the show. I think they're at Alexandria. It's one of the bad guys. The uh, it doesn't matter, but I wanted to remember. It's before they get to Negan. Sorry if you've never seen this, you don't know what I'm talking about. But it was one of the first real bad guys, and it was a new colonized area that they were able to shut off this this really nice area. From the zombies. And they were able to kind of go back to a somewhat normal way of life. But they had a corrupt leader. The governor. The governor. That's who it was. The governor. And uh, and he was a terribly corrupt. And, you know, you, yeah, you got your good life back. But not really. You know, not really. It was one of those shows where you kind of fear the living more than the dead kind of deal. 
And they had this guy, he was like a professor, scientist, some kind of dude. And, and of course, he dies like 10 minutes after he does this whole really heartfelt, it's a very predictable show. Yeah. Um, he, this whole thing of like, he's documenting history. He's like, we have to, we have to set precedence. Somebody has to keep record of what, what's happening here. Just everything, just from yesterday's decision at the town hall to, you know, whatever. And, uh, and he does this whole little spiel, and then, of course, five minutes later, he's dead because he's going to expose the governor or something. And I just thought that was really interesting because that how many times has that, that happened in American history, all in world history, in primitive times, when somebody said, oh, it's time to take, it's time to start taking record here. You could do it in sports when they say, um, you know, when they started taking this stat, like not every statistical category has been followed since 1910 in baseball. It was 1970 when they decided to do RBIs or whatever. I'm making up stuff. And that's the same thing in real life. And so then I got, then I start to think who is telling these stories, who is documenting these historical events? Well, clearly in Tulsa in 1921 to, to 1930, it really started before 21, based on the thing I watched the other day. It was kind of leading up from 1917, 18, 19, and then, you know, on into the, the Great Depression, which probably started to change the focus of anybody's cares or concerns. Tulsa from 10 years ago, who cares about that? The whole country's falling apart. You know, who is sitting down and documenting these things? Then where do they go? How are they archived? Then how are they translated into educational material? Who okays this? What legislative body needs to be in front? See, I'm, 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 asking a long, I'm asking a long question here that I'm not even sure what the exact question is. Ba- basically, who decides what we get to know? Yeah. Who decides what we get to know? And this is, I don't mean in 1921. I mean in 1821. I mean in 1776. Who gets to decide what we get to remember, what do we get to document, and what we get to talk about? I think it's just a fascinatingly interesting question because I don't know the answer to it. And I do believe that this modern-day version of the war on critical race theory is the same kind of, of censoring of information for 250 years. And like I don't know, is it what I read about? Heard and a little bit I read about the Alamo being pretty much a farce. You know, the whole remember the Alamo. It's the only thing I know about. It. I don't even remember. It was, it, you know, had to do with Mexico and Mexico and Texas, Spain, uh, statehood. You know, it was a war between two or three different countries, and and Tennessee and Davy Crockett came to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would be interested in hearing that in large part because I lived in Texas, so. We learn Texas history in middle school, and then they make you take Texas history again in high school. That's funny because I, I or, or interesting you say that because they did talk about many times he mentioned Texas history being taught in in school. Like I don't I remember ever being in school and saying Tennessee history is something we're going to focus on, or Georgia history is something we're going. We, we it was U.S. history, it was geography, it was uh, world history. I don't ever remember saying. Today we're going to talk all about Tennessee, David Crockett. But you're saying Texas was yeah. that, yeah? But, do, but they, do they do it accurately? And that's the thing that that's what I would would like to know because I 
I had assumed for like large chunks of my life that, that that's accurate. And I've only started questioning it, you know, more recently. Well, I'm a question everything kind of guy, and I get worse on that as I get older. The interesting thing about Texas is, and Juneteenth is, the, the Juneteenth is all about Texas. They were like, screw you. <laughs> we're not going along with this. You know, where the Emancipation Proclamation was, as you heard on the front end or something played earlier, was two years before the Juneteenth commemorative date. And it was about getting Texas to come come all along, guys. Everybody else finally. Yeah, that well, they had to send troops. It wasn't. Yeah, they had to basically almost start another war over it. And I know time, to, you know, information doesn't move quickly in 1865. So, you know, the war is over. That doesn't mean slaves are freed. You know, it, and, and, and then there was, and then again, the, we've talked about it before and I could do hours on it. The, the years of Reconstruction and, and into the 20, uh, 20th century where there was just legal slavery. States are great at passing laws that skirt federal law on everything. States are, some of these legislators, they're smart. They can just dance around a federal law, make their own little state law, and continue slavery into the 20s, the 1920s. And so, uh, so it's interesting to say also, so Texas is the start of Juneteenth, and then there were the first state in 1980 to recognize Juneteenth as a state holiday, which, you know, you can do, you can recognize whatever you want as a state. You can recognize any day you feel like national, you know, Apple Day, whatever. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but so they, then that, that was just 1980. So I don't know. It, it, it just started making me question everything. Like, have I, have, I, have I been lied to about everything my entire life? Well, because it's not just the stuff that, that, they tell you that's incorrect. It's also just the stuff that they leave out. Like those things are choices too. Yeah. And were they left out and they might not be malicious. They might, the, the, whoever they is might not have even realized they're giving you the bad information. I don't know. I think it's a, a wormhole, a rabbit hole that's worth going down and question everything, fact check everything. And I didn't get to one second of COVID. <laughs> is COVID over? No, but <laughs> my, we're acting like it is. So, anyway, important day. I, I literally, I mean, I don't know if it's literal, like, my smile, but I was like, wow, that went through that easy, except for the 14 jerks that didn't go yay in the house. That's great. That's good stuff. That is history changing. For the rest of our lives, people growing, kids growing up will know about this day because of the celebration of it, and that is good. And that's all I got. I'm out of here. We'll do it one more time. Tomorrow, we'll have a, a band-in from the... the uh, Valley Vibes Tour. Sorry, I don't have all the information in front of me right now. I got a real job I got to go to. Keon will hang out with you for the rest of the morning. See you later. Bye.